Welcome to Toffee Blue Interview. See what I did there with the, with the word change? I'm Jerry, as usual, as always. This particular interview uh, is with a fellow American, all right? So uh, sometimes I'll try to say football, but sometimes, a lot of times I'm going to say soccer so as not to confuse things. Uh, so apologies for all the soccer bombs that I'm about to drop, all right? My, my, my friends in England, uh, yeah, please don't, please don't hate it. Today is, uh, is kind of special, guys, because uh, this time I get to speak with a former player. Um, in 2009-2010, he played for the Everton Reserve Squad. He also has played with Real Salt Lake of MLS, Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, Wilmington Hammerheads, Carolina Dynamo. And he led, in 2007, he led Wake Forest University to a, an NCAA men's soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, championship. All right? So uh, without further ado... It's my pleasure to announce and welcome to the show, Cody Arnault. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to getting on it for a while now. <laughs> well, uh, for all the viewers and listeners out there, uh, Cody's actually in the same state that I'm in, North Carolina, both in, a, both in America. So this is just kind of a, this is kind of a cool little link up for me. All right. So if you ever see me, if you see me geeking out here, or you hear it in my voice, you know why. All right. So, <laughs> um, so let's, let's start with some, with some, Everton questions, uh, because the, the majority of our listeners and viewers are, that's, that's one of the reasons why they follow us. Um, so could you tell, the, tell us the story of how you got to Everton? How'd you get there? Um, well, grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, believe it, my agent's son actually played for the Wilmington Hammerheads growing up. His name was Graham Smith. So kind of had a little connection there. Um, uh, he was a former player in the Premier League for years uh, and uh, ended up just kind of catching his eye as a youth, right? So kind of followed my story all the way up and kind of approached me and my father and just was kind of interested in what was going on and where I was in school and that type of thing and uh, said that he, you know, he was interested in maybe setting up a trial. Um, so I just happened to go over there on spring break um, from college one year, uh, my junior year, and trained with the reserves and uh, trained with the first team one day. Um, and, you know, I, I guess they saw something they liked and uh, I think they kind of took a chance and just wanted to, See if I could, you know, progress and develop a little bit into something that they could that that could help them or however. Uh, and so, you know, it kind of started as simple as that. And so, I guess I went over and impressed a little bit, and uh, ended up getting a contract offer. So it was, you know, a hard decision for me to to leave school a year early. Um, you know, people in England don't. It's it's a different of a it's a different college structure than yeah. than what it is over there. So here, you know, it's um, you know we don't go into the pros right away. We a lot of us go into college first, and that's changing now, obviously, uh, with MLS academies and that type of thing. But so for for me to leave, it was a big decision. Um, but you know, obviously, an opportunity I couldn't say no to. Uh, different culture, different country, that type of thing. So I knew there was going to be a lot of obstacles, but you know, it was just something I couldn't say no to. Awesome. Uh, you uh, you got to Everton. You arrived there with uh, Anton Peterlin. Am I yep. pronouncing his name correctly? I don't yep. want to butcher the fellow's <laughs> name. <laughs> so he's another American. Um, did you guys pal around together while you were there um, just because you're, you're both in similar circumstances? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were both about the same age. He was, I think, a year older than me. Um, but, yeah, we, we had a lot of things in common as far as, you know, both being from the United States, 
Um, but you know, it, it was really cool to, to come into, um, you know, a club, not really knowing anything it was my first professional experience really. And, um, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. And, you know, I think when a young kid comes into what well, 21 is young for, for, for our age, but really, you know, that's not that young for right. over there. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was cool. I, I, the fact that we were welcome the way we were, um, especially with the reserve team, um, you know, we, we were a close bunch at, at the time, you know, Hope Akpon was there, Seamus Coleman and I still talk very frequently. Um, you know, the, the group of guys that were there were very welcoming and, and I, and I think that that really helped us adjust. Um, and you know, I really couldn't have asked for a better situation and a better group of guys. Um, you know, Jose Baxter was there and, uh, you know, a lot of guys that have now since left the club, but, um, you know, it was a really cool first, uh, experience for me. It was very special. I actually think Baxter is back right oh, now. Oh, is he? Yeah, it's a it's a brief like they brought him in just to kind of help him kind of get get back, oh, really? you know. So he, it's a cool situation for him. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, I think he's playing with the uh, the U23s right now. So pretty pretty neat little situation. Probably still really young, so. <laughs> he probably is, you're right. <laughs> to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um you were at Everton at the same time as Tim Howard. Um right. As a fellow American, did he do anything to try to kind of give you advice, help take you under his wing, or was he literally just with the first team and you never got much interaction? Yeah, you know, we didn't really interact that much. Um, I would have liked to a little more, but, I, you know, I think, you know, I, he has a family and everything like that. And, um, you know, I, I was a young kid, so, you know, I would have liked a little more any interaction with him. But, you know, that's it's a business and it's it's you're there to play soccer and yep. football. And, you know, I, it, I never held it against him or anything like that. But, you know, um, I think that if, uh, if the switch, if the situations were reversed, maybe I would have maybe reached out a little more to kind of get, you know, fellow countrymen, um, you know, immersed in the culture and that type of thing. But no, we, we didn't speak that much, you know, just at the training ground, um, frequently, you know, frequently at the training ground, you know, yeah. eating or that type of thing and seeing each other. But I, you know, I didn't train with the first team that often. So, you know, our interactions were, were pretty small you know not not a lot of them but that you know that's okay like i said that's part of it um you know actually he plays in colorado now with um a fellow demon deacon of mine jared watts so um you know which is funny just yeah a world obviously it's kind of weird how i never really considered i i I talked to the the guys on our, our show and they're from the area like around liverpool and in there and I realize how small the football world is in England. You know, they're talking about, oh, I talked to Peter Reed the other day. Oh, and I've met Leighton Baines. And I'm sitting here just like grumbling. Cause, right. <laughs> cause oh, yeah. It, no, it, it, especially there, it's, you know, you learn quickly that it's, first of all, it's a country small on its own, right? And compared to the United States, obviously. But just, you know, there's so many, so many players that have been one place and, you know, gone to another and no players there that have gone played somewhere else and no players there. So it's, it's definitely a small world. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's actually smaller in the U S than I realized, you know, the, the connections that I, I, t- I told you we, we slightly have, and then, <laughs> and then the, the connection that you have with the, the wake players that's, that's in, that's in Colorado, you know, Watts, that's just, it's, it's so that strange. Goes, that's across the board for MLS too. I mean, you know, you play one place, you play in college, you know players that play in other colleges. I mean, it's it, the football world is really small. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, Landon Donovan got to got to Everton a little bit later um, on right. loan. Wasn't there very long. Did you get to know him at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, Landon was, I think Landon was kind of in this, believe it or not, as, as a big-time player as he was, you know, I, I think he kind of was a, 
a little bit in the same boat I was, um, kind of being thrown into a three-month loan and no pressure given the number nine. So um, <laughs> but, uh, I remember that's the first thing he said to me. It was when I was like, hey, man, huge fan, watching, you know, a couple World Cups, you know, just big fan of yours. And, you know, we were talking and he's like, you know, no, no pressure here. They gave me the number nine. So, but no, he, he worked out. I mean, I think he's, I think, you know, Everton fans loved him to death and, and they, you know, he was, he was a great player and, um, you know, it's pretty sad not to see him selected in the last world cup, but, um, you know, he's, he's doing a lot of things for us soccer right now. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think he has the best, has our best interest at heart. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see if he can, how he can further the sport in this country. So, um, Let's talk about uh, – I've got some other questions about some other first-team stuff, but I want to talk more about you for a little bit and your play um, because that's – personally, that's what I'm most interested in is your journey and, and how what it was like playing there. Um, so uh, did the style of play in England uh, and at Everton, did it, did it suit you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's just I, – I think it's just different. Um, you know, unfortunately – and going from college soccer to, um, you know, to, to professionals as quick as that, that transition happened, um, you know, in college there's subs and that type of thing. And, um, so I'd never really been on a, this is even pretty awful to say, but, you know, I've never really been on a team that where you were expected to play 90 minutes. So I, I think going into, you know, kind of jumping into it where, uh, I wasn't f- super fit enough to play 90 minutes, you know, that, that was kind of the biggest adjustment to me. Um, you know, I'd always been able to score goals. Uh, you know, I had a couple in the reserve league. Um, so, so scoring goals to me was just, it was just a lucky thing that I was able to do. It wasn't because I was good at one thing or another. I just found myself in good spots. Um, but, but, you know, certainly the, um, you know, the, I'm used to sunny weather and, you know, no rain and everything. So, you know, it, de- it definitely took a took a little while to get used to that on the training ground and, and in games but um yeah no it, it wasn't wasn't one thing or another that that was more difficult than the other it was just that the, the players were so good everyone's so good and, and it's a small knit you know professional realm over there and, and everyone's just everyone's so talented so you know you have the united states where there's 300 plus million people right and then you go over there and it's everything's just so much smaller so you know, I was I was lucky enough to play with some really good players around me and against some really good players, and um, yeah, it was just it was a really really cool experience for me to be over there. The people of Liverpool were amazing always. Um, they welcomed me, and uh, I'm a no, I'm a nobody coming over there, and you know, people knew my name when I'd see them, and so it was people actually more so knew Seamus when he was with me, but um, <laughs> but that was fine. So, um, but yeah, it was. I mean, everyone was just so nice, and uh, I got a really cool uh, view of. Um, you know, uh, scousers and people from Liverpool and that type of thing. So, I, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with it. Uh, what was the what was probably the toughest adjustment that you were asked to make? This can be either about your play or or personal life. You know, whatever whatever the it just sounds like a tough situation. Yeah, no, it was it was tough at first, and and like I said, they they welcomed me with open arms, uh, and I I had a lot of friends that were, you know, right off the bat, you know, guys that. Guys that I didn't think were going to welcome me, um, but the toughest adjustment for me was definitely not having my family there. Uh, I'm only child, so um, you know, in in uh, you know in the UK it sounds like a like a long distance, but you know, wake from where you are to where I am is three and a half hours. Yeah. So that was that wasn't far from me from my family. Like that's close. 
you know, so then I jumped a pond and I'm, you know, six and a half hour flight. So that was a big adjustment for me. Um, you know, not being able to see them regularly and missing holidays and, you know, such things in which I've, I'd never really done before. So, you know, that was tough for me, but, but, you know, it's, it's all part of the game. It's all part of, you know, trying to be professional and, 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 you know, get through it and, and not have the little details bother you. But, um, you know, that definitely more so around Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you yeah. know, times like that where, you know, I could, I could feel it a little bit more. Yeah. I definitely understand that. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you played on the reserves with with Seamus Coleman, Duffy, Mustafi, Gosling, Forshaw, Vaughn, Garbett. These are familiar names. Uh, oh, yeah. you, you mentioned that you you bonded really well with Seamus, and you still you guys still talk. Is there anybody else yep. that you uh, that you still keep in touch with from that team besides uh, I guess maybe Anton? I don't know if you still keep in touch Sorry. with him. Yeah. Uh, Anton and I haven't spoken in a while. I haven't, I haven't spoken in a while. I mean, not for any reason or another, just, uh, you know, he, I, he just got married actually. So congratulations to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, hope every once in a while I'll talk to, to, to hope, um, just through Instagram and, and stuff like that. But, uh, Seamus is, Seamus was the only one I really keep up with. Um, you know, I know, uh, I know Adam's doing well. Um, I know Luke's still there. Um, uh, let's see who else, uh, obviously, Donnie's done really well. Um, he won, won a World Cup, so. Uh, uh, but yeah, so you know, those guys are big time, and I'm not. So not, and I don't mean it in that way. Just you know, they're they're big time guys. They're you know they're stars, and I'm a nobody. So it's you know, Seamus <laughs> Seamus keeps up with me, and and uh, he's he's just such a great guy. Um, you know, and and you know, my my dad was actually over there, and a couple of my friends were over there recently. Saw a game, so he got them tickets and. Um, you know, they had a great time, but yeah, no, I, I know Seamus's family's growing and, you know, everyone's getting older and as everyone gets older, people drift. It's, it's just the way things work, but, um, you know, those guys are all doing great and I'm, I'm so happy for them. Yeah. I, I'm going to give a brief caveat to, to viewers and listeners here. Okay. Uh, when, when Cody says he's a nobody, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say, I go to a lot of Wake Forest soccer games. All right. And I talk to, there's a really ardent fan group there called the congregation all right and cody is definitely not a nobody in winston-salem especially around that crew just saying (laughs) all right i realize we're talking relative terms all right but trust me (laughs) for our fans from from england i'm not sure i'm not sure if they completely understand the way the fanaticism for college sports and university sports here in america you know um I tried to. I was trying to explain it to one of my English friends the other day, and saying, you know, America's so spread out, we don't have a lot of local professional teams to pull for, you know. And right. so the best soccer we have in the area, Wake Forest, by far, because they're the best in the nation, you know, yeah. at that level. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, uh, and it's all, like you said, the same. It's all relative too. I mean, our we have them, you know, like you said, a, a tremendous supporters group and. You know, it's it's a couple thousand compared to you know, at Everton, it's you know, <laughs> five, six, eight times that, right? You know what I mean? So, um, so uh, getting back to Everton, um, thinking about the 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 reserve squad, who who probably impressed you the most when you were there, when you saw them play, when you saw their their work ethic, determination, uh, who who were you were you looking at and you're thinking, they're going to be awesome. 
Um, well, obviously, you know, we've talked about him a lot before, but, you know, Seamus, the year that I was there was when Seamus was making his, his, his flip-flop from, you know, reserves to first-team action. And, uh, you know, I remember, I remember he, uh, they, they won a game. He came on and um, they, beat, they beat Tottenham and, and he got man of the match and we were all like, oh, wow. <laughs> Bye-bye, Seamus. You know, like, <laughs> we're not going to see the train anymore. But, um, no, I mean, you know, I knew Duffy. Duffy had – Duffy was 16 or 17 when I was there, so I knew he had what it took um, to to you know he had the the hard that hard knock that you know that ability to you knew there was something there. Um, they just had to kind of mold it. So obviously he's doing really well now. He's playing for um, where is he right? He's is it Brighton? So he's there now, and um, you know he's playing for the Irish national team, and I mean he's just. He's 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 really come into his own. I mean, you know, he always knew he had the frame and the and the you know the body to be a big center back and a scary one, and he liked smashing people, which was you know it's what you need to do. But yeah, he he uh, man, he he's doing well. Um, you know, it was funny. Ross was actually coming just coming into to the reserve fray as I was kind of finishing up my my lone year there. So you know, it's funny. At 15, he was coming in. You know, I'm 21, so. It was just interesting to see, you know, you knew for sure, especially it's good. It was just funny to see, like, the, the, the eyes that the coaches had, you know, because he comes in and he, he certainly was a big kid 15, but not, you know, not what he is now, you know. So it was, it's just funny to see that they knew it at that young age that he was going to have something, yeah. you know. Obviously, he's gone on to do great things and, um, you know, he's been injured for a while now. So, um, so it was cool to kind of see him even though I was gone to watch him kind of build his way into the first team at, you know, 17 or 18 years old. So, um, that was, that was cool. We were talking about the, uh, the reserve squad that, uh, that impressed you the most. Um, uh, you were competing with the likes of Saha and each of Yakubu and Joe for a first team striker position. Um, right. now I know in order to be a player, you know, to actually continue to progress, you have to have that confidence to say, I'm the guy. Is that, I mean, it seems like it would be intimidating for a 21-year-old who's in another country to see that stiff of competition for the first team position. Were you focused right. on first team or were you focused on, let's just do my job in the reserves and I'll improve? Well, I think, you know, when you when you go into a situation, you always want to play first team. You know, uh, the team was so good that obviously that wasn't really a realistic expectation so you you kind of try your hardest to get better at the reserve at the reserve level right. and hope to impress and then you know make your way up that's just kind of how everything works so um yeah i mean when you're playing with the people you just named i mean there's just there's no room you know and and it was i mean i've played with good players before but that was to see those types of guys in training was just mind-blowing to me i mean how good they were you know I'm, i mean there were times when the reserve team would play we would come in to train with the first team. And I mean, I, I, I'd go a training session without touching the soccer ball. Like it would, they're, they're just that much better in, uh, in everything they do. So, I mean, that was really cool to see. Um, you were there with Tim Cahill, Arteta, Phil Neville, Fellaini, Pinar, Jagielka, Baines. I mean, these are, these are really, really strong players. Well, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because, um, you know, a lot of the first team guys were a little bit older, right? So, um, you know, families tim cahill that type of thing you know actually tim ended up obviously coming back and playing mls so yeah you know, i was able to talk to him a few times after games he played for red bull so you know when we would play them i was you know on the occasion i was able to speak to him briefly um but um you know the only you know the the, the full day-to-day -day interactions that i would have 
with kind of first team guys would be, um, you know, in the canteen or, uh, you know, and a lot of times too, we'd have, uh, obviously Jack Rodwell and Dan Gosling, yeah. you know, they, they were, you know, they were pretty much interchangeable. Um, obviously towards the end of the season, Jack really started not playing with the reserve team anymore. And, but you know, there'd be times where he would train with us and, um, you know, and we're talking 2009 here, you know, so for, for people that don't, that aren't understanding what I'm saying, Jack playing the reserve team, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, those guys just, like I said, they were the nicest guys to me. And, um, you know, that even Vic, you know, hung out with Vic a little bit. Um, I mean, they, we, it, it was, it, to me, it was surprising walking into a professional environment and having, um, having people welcome you because you yeah. hear such horror stories about it being, you know, dog eat dog world and just, you know, everyone only really cares for themselves. They're trying to make their money and this and that. Um, but I really enjoyed the culture and the environment that, that was, that was there. You know, Leighton was, Leighton was as big time as they come. And, you know, he, to say hello to a young kid like me every day was meant the world to me. Um, you know, Phil was, Phil was just, Phil was Phil. He's just all over the place all the time. He's excited, happy. You know? And he just, he really was a, you know, a great leader and, um, you know, and just kind of didn't care who you were, was going to say hello to you. I mean, that t for a young kid and especially somebody that, um, you know, is, is kind of out of their element. Mm -hmm. it, it was really just a, a cool, a cool thing for me to, to have those guys like say hello to me, know my name, that type of thing. But, um, you know, I, I think it's just part of the culture uh, at Everton. Would you say that uh, the, the culture and the people are, are maybe what you miss most about Merseyside? Absolutely. Yeah, no question. I don't really think you know what you have, you know, that saying, you don't really know what you have until it's gone. And, um, you know, I mean, as for as out of place and, um, you know, out of my realm where I'm used to as I was in Liverpool, um, and at, as much as I, you know, at times was like, oh, this is tough. Like, I'd love to just, you know, be back home playing or this and that. Um, you know, when I finally was done and came back to the States, I missed it. I really did. Uh, I missed the entire, uh, I just, I, I missed everything about, about Liverpool, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's just, uh, the people were so nice there. So it was, it's just, I did, I did end up missing it more than I thought I would. Um, and I think that's a testament to the city and the people and, and the clubs. Okay. Um, what was the high point at Everton for you? Um, let's see. I, I, I'm a striker. I love scoring goals. So, I, you know, I had three in the reserve league or two or three in the reserve league. And, um, you know, like I said, it's all, it's all relative. But, you know, I, I, I remember playing um, I remember playing 90 minutes against uh, Stoke City in a reserve, in a reserve game. And uh, we ended up drawing 1-1. But uh, we were down 1-0 and I ended up scoring a goal. And, like I said, it's all relative, but that for me that was that's probably one of my high points, and just you know being able to to kind of help the guys that that uh, you know that maybe maybe didn't know who I was or that maybe didn't you know, trust me as an American, kind of being in a foreign land, and you know it was just to kind of have that. It was it was really cool to me, and, and uh, you know one one that I always always look back on. Now, uh, yeah, I noticed you scored in one of your first games too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at the stats. And I was like, yeah, "It's like a first game or something, man." It was awesome. Scored <laughs> uh, off a corner. It was a header. Yeah. Uh, I forget playing, but I mean, that was you know, that's that was a cool one too. It's just like I say, you always remember the goals, yeah. right? So, um, but yeah, it was cool to, to to come in. I came off the bench in like seventy fifth minute or something. Got my first minutes and and scored. So it was it, it started well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm going to start wrapping this up, but I need to say. Um, 2007, 
national championship game against Ohio State, the play you made for the for the equalizer where you strip the defender, keep the ball in bounds, because I know a lot of Ohio State people were saying that they thought it went all the way over the line. It You're didn't. Right. I saw replays. Keep it in, bolt for the box, and then put this perfect ball right in for Marcus Tracy, and he just bangs it in. Yep. Such a nice goal. I was watching on TV, you know, because it was a big deal as a Wake fan of Wake soccer and grew up. Love it. it was awesome moment. What a yes, what sir. a play. Um, so that's not a question. It's just awesome. And I felt like the people out there needed to know that. Uh, <laughs> um, but but as far as – my, actually, my, my brother-in-law and sister were at that game. Another weird yeah. connection. Um, it was a fun for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, – you played college soccer, and this is going to be my big wrap-it-up question just because I think it has to do with U.S. soccer culture, okay? Right. Um, let's say you know a high school soccer player, very talented, doesn't have a lot of money. Let's say they're about eight, 17 years old, okay? Right. In the middle of their senior year, they don't have the money to play academy, okay? They don't, And they're trying to figure out what their next move is, all right? Now, obviously, human circumstances would, but you had to have to give them some advice. And they're thinking, A, I'm either I'm going to graduate and focus on getting a scholarship and playing college ball. B, I can try to play for a team like the Carolina Dynamo and maybe get noticed by a bigger squad. Or C, save, work hard, save a bunch of money, and go to a different country and try to make it there. Right, right. What is the actual... What's this, for somebody who's been there and you've been well, in multiple paths? Well, therein lies a problem in what you just said right there. In, in America, we're a pay-to-play sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's – that's if we ever wanted to grow, um, that needs to change. Um, you, if, if you're good at something, obviously in, in Europe and you know, almost all the other countries in the world, really, if you're good at something, if you're good at football, if you're good at soccer, right um, – you're getting noticed at an early age and you're being asked to come and train and play in, uh, in the, in their academy system. And, um, and I'm not super familiar with it, but I, I'm pretty sure that there's, there's not fees involved in that. Uh, now maybe there is, I don't know. I'm sure if there is, they're minuscule here. It's ridiculous amount of money to play soccer. You could be best player in the country at your youth age and it just doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're paying to play, which to me doesn't make any sense. So, in that terms, in the question that you just posed, you know, the only real option to me would be to work your butt off and try and get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Now, we're trying to shift away from that to where, just like in Europe, we're building up our players through our academies. Right. You know, whether it's a Columbus Crew Academy or a Real Salt Lake or Vancouver Whitecaps, um, you know, teams like that are building up their academies to try and um, push through pro players and push through young, young promising players. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's just something that needs to change in us soccer. And it's, and it's obviously it's apparent that we're not doing the right things because we can't qualify for a world cup, which is, yeah. it's, it's one of the saddest things I've seen in a really long time. And, and I'm not knocking players or anything like that, but, um, I think our players aren't held to the certain accountability that they should be, um, just like they are in, in, you know, in uh, the UK or, you know, in England and, Spain and France and throughout the world, if your players don't perform, they're held accountable for it um, by the fans, by um, by managers, and we just don't have that here. Right. Um, 
it's it's like a, oh we had a bad game and you know we'll get them next time and that type of thing and and that's not you know you need to be hard on players that's that's what drives them to be better and it's what allows them to think that what they've done is not okay so um, I'm really looking forward to to seeing how the next four years go and seeing if um, you know we can get a manager in that that really pushes players and uh, you know that we're at the moment we're too old you know we need to get some some fresh blood in there and and I, I think with the the way our 17s just just um, you know as far as they went in their tournament and some of the promising stuff that they had I, right. you know even even our even our friendly in Portugal that we just had where we drew them yeah. I believe we drew them. we did I mean that you know I mean I'm sure that that's not their best team obviously but you know for us to put a bunch of younger players out and you know hungry young players is a is a you know I think it's a, a testament to what where our future is going and um, you know where it needs to go so I'm excited to see how it goes I'm devastated we won't be seeing them uh, a U.S. Oh. Uh, badge at the World Cup but you know it is what it is um, and uh, you know hopefully we're looking forward to, the, to uh, 2022 yeah yeah that's that you just uh, that was the reason for the question you know, because yep. that is a that is a massive United States. It's a it's a question here because we are rethinking the whole system at the moment. Right, um, and we need we need to be. It's yeah. it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, you know, I, I, for a lot of the people in, that don't know, uh, Sunil Gulati is is not um, not thrown as hat, I guess in the ring for uh, U.S. Soccer presidency this year, and it's the first time in I believe twelve years that um is it 12 or it's, it might be more than I'm that not sure. but, but so we'll have a new we'll have a new president this year and, and i think it's it needs to happen obviously with you know and he's done a lot for u.s soccer he really has but i think it's time we need someone in there that's going to take some chances and do some different things because we we obviously aren't the direction in which we're going isn't isn't a great one so mm. um but but we but we have the, we have the capability and the talent to to do it here we just need it needs to be um cared with correctly mm. gotcha all right. Well, that is. Uh, I expected you to say something along those lines. Um, clearly, it's a subject that you're passionate about. You know, I know. Right. I know. I am. Um, so yeah, uh, Cody. I, I think I've got more questions, but you don't have the time because you have a life. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, I could literally. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't run out. Um, but um, I really uh, I want to make sure I take the time to tell you on, uh, on while I'm recording. Thank you so much uh, for the for the listeners and viewers. This this interview got delayed so many times. Like I got sick like three times. Then Cody has life stuff going on, and it's we finally got it together. All right. <laughs> so, I'm glad we were able to for sure. I'm glad I've been wanting to wanting to catch up, and so it's it's good. I'm glad glad we were able to to make it work. Yeah, this is this has been awesome. Uh, I I've learned a lot, and I'm sure a lot of Blues and Deeks fans out there uh, have also uh, enjoyed this experience. Really cool opportunity, Cody. Thank you so much. Um, Big game today, by the way, one o'clock. Well, yeah, I guess it's five five thirty. Uh, UK time, but uh, yeah, one o'clock here. One o'clock like here. Um, yeah, we're gonna be watching a lot of kids play. Yep, I know. You yeah, because they were. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a young group, I believe. So uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. Early, early, really quick. Derby prediction Sunday. Everton, obviously. Any any score? Two one. Two one. Go two one. Yes. All right. Rooney, Rooney, I, I want. I don't know. He's on fire right now. He's he's had a good couple games. I say you guys too. Okay, Rooney gets two. All right, you've heard it here first. 
Cody Arnaud predicts the future and it's what's going to happen. Deal with it. All right. So, Cody, uh, thanks so much. I know you got I know you got to roll. Uh, appreciate your time, and hopefully, I'll see you at one of these uh, one of these weight games coming up one of these years. Uh, thank you, Jay. I appreciate everything you do, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you. All right, man. All right, and that's it for our interview with Cody Arno. All right, thanks a lot to him. He took a he went to a lot of trouble to be able to come on his lunch break. It's awesome. Super nice guy. Super humble guy. He's a, he actually is a really he's a good example for a lot of young American uh, footballers. So you're gonna see the the different paths you can take because he took uh, almost all of them. You know. Uh, so anyway, uh, I guess that that is it. Um, if you're digging the videos, please subscribe, uh, like, comment. If you've got any thoughts about the interview with Cody, that's great. Any thoughts about what he was saying about U.S. soccer, U.S. football, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, certainly put that on there. All right. Um, we look forward to, to, to connecting and hearing from you. All right. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you at the next one. All right. Bye.